1: I'm Justin Hartman from Neos.com. If you're looking to elevate your relationships and take your networking to ninja status, you need to be listening to Build Your Network with the ultimate networker himself, Travis Chapel.
0: You have the ambition I cannot wait to introduce you to today's guest, but first, I'm sure you've heard me and my guests talk a lot about the importance of masterminds. I know I personally would not be anywhere near where I am today without spending tens of thousands of dollars investing into building relationships in a mastermind setting. So on that, I am opening up a second round of my mastermind, Build Your Network Alpha in order to build relationships with some of you guys out there. If this is something that interests you, please head over to buildyournetwork.co alpha to submit an application and hop on the phone with me to chat about it. And now let's go ahead and chat with today's guest, Justin Hartzman. Justin is a serial business starter who sold his first two companies within 12 months of graduating college. His current company, Needles, is revolutionizing the advertising industry for small businesses by utilizing AI and automating the entire process. He is a passionate entrepreneur, internet visionary, and a networking extraordinaire. Justin, thanks so much for coming on the show today, brother. Really excited to have you. Why don't you go ahead and expound on that intro just a tad and then tell us what you're most excited about right now.
1: Well, absolutely, and thank you. That makes me sound super legitimate there. I love it. Thanks for that yeah. that's a great intro. That's but my yeah, job. <laughs> what we here is we try to make and this is everything in my whole career, is finding gaps that need to be filled while making the masses' lives easier. And I know that's pretty general, but I'll define what we're doing here at Needles. What we know there's a big problem that exists and there's sixty-five million small businesses on the Facebook platform. But only 5 million of those people are advertising today because the status quo options are either too hard to do it yourself and it's only getting harder, not easier, or too expensive to go to a traditional agency. So what we've done is we've created the world's first robo-agency where in six questions we know who you are, who you want to sell to. And what it is that you're selling through artificial intelligence and data science, natural language processing, all those fun things. But what we do is then create 50 to 500 ads for you in real time. We deliver them to the networks and then we optimize those ads 24 hours a day, seven days a week. All of this fully automated with no human interaction. And the biggest difference... Thank you. The biggest difference that we do is we don't only use the tools that Facebook makes available at the right time in the right ways for you. We've also gone past that to apply data science or again artificial intelligence to find your better customer. So I'll give you an example. The idea is if you had a broken toilet in your home, and that's a common problem people have, and a plumber wanted to find you on Facebook to do advertising today, What they would do is they would go and say, looking for people who like plumbers or who are house owners. So, based on interest, but that doesn't serve you when you need it. So, what we do is we actually listen to social media conversations, mostly through Twitter, but Facebook, Instagram, and other likes. And we understand when someone says, My toilet's broken, what do I do? They need that's purchase intent. They need a plumber to show them an ad for a plumber. But more than that, to understand lots of people who are saying that in a specific area over a given time period, to understand the best demographic market for your product. So an example that I love to give, and I keep checking on this, I'll do one tonight, is in the plumbing space. A gentleman at 11.47 p.m. last night said, My toilet's broken, there's water everywhere, what do I do? Happy face, question mark, colon, colon, question mark. Okay, weird post for a 45-year-old male with under $100,000 household income in downtown Toronto living in a condo. So we know we can send him an ad, he'll click on it, and he actually did book an appointment. We can track all that. But more important to that is we can see over 120 days who else said things along those lines. My shower's broken, there's a pipe burst, whatever it may be in the plumbing category. And what we realized when I looked at that data this morning, that's typically a 25 to 31 year old female between eight and nine in the morning and three and four in the afternoon with two children over 100,000 household income. So now that we know it's not typically a male, uh, 45 year old male at the middle of the night, we know it's typically a woman during those times, we can now send ads to those people at the right time for the greatest chance of them being a customer when needed. So I know that's a long process. All you have to know is a small business, we're aimed at you. Our service is $100 a month, uh, SaaS fee, and then whatever budget you want to spend on advertising. So we're making this accessible to the masses in the easiest way possible. As uh, they say, just set it forget it. We do all the rest for you.
0: This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with you need indeed. That's so incredible, man. How long have you been doing this kind of stuff?
1: So we've been in the social media and advertising space since the beginning uh, when we started really moving our companies forward in 2005. We started this company in 2014 and launched this product the way we have it today, just coming up to two years now. And in two years, we've become the largest and quickest growing digital agency in the world based on customer count. We call them users, but we have overthink about this. If you know anything about traditional agencies, big ones might have 100 customers. And of those 100 customers, they probably have anywhere from one account manager and one creative for every 10 accounts. Mm -hmm. We have over 800 in just under two years. And we have three account managers and no creatives on our team because we've automated the entire process.
0: Wow, that's incredible. So how much went into that software when you're getting started? And what role did you play in all that?
1: How much is a difficult question to answer? A lot on uh, the way of time, energy, thoughts, smarts, and dollars. So to do this, we don't only have great engineers, but we have some of the top data scientists in the world that have worked with us on this project. We have excellent ones who run it on a day-to-day basis now. We brought in awesome consultants from you know the advertising world to understand what they do and how they do it. On top of our own skills, which we think were pretty great before we got into this business, to help employ those new tips and tricks into creating better performing campaigns for our users. So this is not an easy feat. We are... Definitely still at the starting gates. We have so much more that we can offer and automate for our users, even past just the advertising, but becoming a full platform in the way of landing pages and email funnels and all that sort of good stuff. So we're excited where we can go with this. And we know the market's huge. It's only growing larger by the day.
0: Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) No kidding. Well, that's awesome, Brad. And I know that there's so much more that we could talk about in this particular area, but let's go to move, pivot the conversation, talk a little bit about networking, because I hear from your bio that you are a networking extraordinaire. So I'm excited to dive into some material with you. First question to kick it off. This is what I ask everybody that comes on the show. Do you believe that what you know or who you know is more important and why?
1: I think that... They
0: have different importance. I don't think you can choose one over the other.
1: The rationale is, especially someone who, as myself, is the CEO of the company, I have to have a lot of good understanding of a lot of things so that I can follow along. I can make sure that we're making the proper decisions together as a team. So you have to have that knowledge. So being a jack of all trades. But the reality for me is that we always have to be hiring smarter people than ourselves here as the co-founders. Those smarter people will help us grow. And we need people who specialize in each of those different departments. So I think it's a little bit of both, if that's a if I can cop out on that answer like that.
0: Yeah. So if I were to put your feet to the fire and make you choose one, which one would you choose?
1: Definitely who you know.
0: All right. All right. There we go. (laughs) So tell us about a time in your life, Justin, when a connection led to another connection, another connection that brought you to this big moment of success.
1: That's a, that's a really tough one because I think it's a, for me and particularly, it's been a combination of a lot of different pieces that have brought us to where we are today or where I am today. And that's all about who I know and what our network is or putting my neck out on the line. Now, I'll give you, I think better, idea. just give you a current example that I just went through that I think is uh, something I speak about quite a lot lately And I think it will talk to your point here. So um, in our current funding round, we just got through a funding round. It was quite nice. We were looking to raise $500,000. We ended up raising $1.5 million. That was quite successful at that point. But it all started about May of last year when I was thinking about getting into a new round for Needles. And in Toronto, we have a competition called the Tide Quest competition, where it's a business pitching event, and you can win $50,000. And for us, we're a company with revenue, and pitch competitions aren't really part of my every day while I love pitching it's just not something I have put a lot of weight into doing outside of our day job or fundraising in a natural sort of sense yeah but the gentleman who runs this event I know very well he reached out and said Justin I'd love to have you so long story short I applied to do this pitch competition and I didn't get picked for it so I actually reached back out to him and said hey you guys you asked me to do this and I wasn't even picked and I know from where we are that like out of 50 companies in Toronto what's going on we have to be one that like meets your criteria and about 3 minutes later I got an email from an automated email saying oh congratulations you have now been picked so it's kind of funny so that's using my network right there to ensure that we actually got through and something that I've spent some time on yeah but what happened was it was Saturday mornings, two Saturday mornings in a row that they wanted us to be here to pitch once. And if you got through the first round to get to the second one, and as a guy who runs a company, he does a lot of traveling, kids, one uh, just over three, another one is only six months old. It's hard for me to give up the precious time that I have with children on the weekend when I only have a few hours. Hmm. But, you know, I said... I made a commitment. I'm going to go and do it as much as I don't want to do that. I'm just going to get in my car, go downtown Toronto, go through that whole rat race and be there. And because of that, not only did I win the entire competition and the $50,000, but that led me to be introduced to a gentleman who runs a huge angel network and they brought us in and we raised, you know, three four $400,000 with them. And because they did that, they introduced to other individuals and it just snowballed. And I think because I did get up that one Saturday morning when I didn't want to and do the networking that I should be doing for our company, it actually turned into probably raising over 50 or 60% of this fund. By just going to that means. So I think networking is super important.
0: Wow. Yeah. I guess that would, I guess that qualifies you as a networking extraordinaire, Justin. I'm sold. I'm sold. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll allow it now. <laughs> well, thank, thank you.
1: I appreciate that. I can sleep tonight.
0: Yeah. So at this point, looking back at that story, what was the big thing that got you out of bed? Like, why do it? Like, there's an opportunity there. Yes. But you don't really want to. You're, it's not really your thing. It's not really the what, what your like quote unquote expertise is or whatever. So why do it? Why'd you get out of bed? Two things. Fear
1: of missing out. That's my style. I just don't want to miss out on anything. I want to be there. I want to see if the right people. I want to network. That's what I always love to do. And the second would be guilty conscience. When I've said I'm going to do something and I made that commitment for me not to do that, there has to be something that's really, really stopping me. I'm getting in the way.
0: Yeah. So talk more about that opportunity thing, because I think this is something that a lot of people miss out on. They're very opportunity averse. Like if they see something that sounds too good to be true, they just shut their ears off completely and don't listen to it at all. And I think that a lot of people will miss out on opportunities because of that. Do you agree with that? If not, then why not? And if so, why?
1: Well, I think the fact is life is all about opportunities and what you make them. And if you see something in front of you and it has an opportunity to make you a better person, has the opportunity for you to be useful and give back. Those are all the things that you need to take. So you have to look at every situation as what can this do for me while I can be doing for others. And when you take those opportunities good things happen. So that's sort of the mantra that I live by. How can I be useful? Or just two words is being useful. And the more I can do that, whether it's helping another startup company who's in earlier stages in mentoring them or helping them perfect their pitch, because that's something that I I do well at and people ask me questions about all the time. Those are the things that you have to constantly be doing because you never know what will turn out of it. Did they know someone really well and they thought they can introduce them as an investor? They have another client that works well for your product. Uh, simply can you just feel good by knowing that you've helped that person those are all important things and you know there's two sayings i like a lot First is the best things in life come on the opposite side of fear so you always have to be taking that step and going for that next opportunity if you don't do that you'll never know what you could have and you'll end up with regrets and that's the last thing that i'd ever want personally in my life is knowing i have regrets for something that i should have done could have done but didn't take the opportunity to do And there's also another famous. that was by Will Smith, by the way, if you want to know the famous philosopher that said that quote. But um, (laughs) the the second one that I like a lot is, you know, you miss all the shots that you don't take. And I know that's very, you know, cliche. And that was uh, Michael Jordan. Uh, It's not Michael Jordan, Wayne Gretzky. I forget. I'll have to look that one up. But that's so true. Opportunities are out there. You have to go and grasp them, take those shots, see where they land and know that you didn't leave anything behind.
0: So, for someone sitting out there that's like, I totally agree with everything that you just said, but I have this really bad fear of being rejected, what would be your advice to that person?
1: Oh, sit in a room, ask your best friends to come over, ask people you don't, and just get the word no thrown at you as many times as possible. Tell people not to agree with you when you have a conversation. Like the fact is, I'm sure anybody who's come and spoken with you, Travis, they're always saying, we've all had thousands of no's. That's what makes us stronger. Mm-hmm. The opportunity mm-hmm. is when someone says no, do what I do. I'm really, I've really i told a lot of people, listening, have taken this to the bank, ask them why. Don't let them off the hook. Yes. Let them actually tell you the rationale behind it, not because you want to be coy or a jerk, But the reality is, that's what's going to make you better at whatever it is that you're trying to do. Say, you know, I did this morning to someone, I said, can you please take 30 seconds to write out the reasons why you chose not to make that decision? I'd love to, because that makes my job better. And what I can do now is incorporate that knowledge into the next time I'm speaking with someone or pitching an opportunity or selling our service or whatever it may be. Getting the nose, knowing the reason why only makes you better at what you're doing.
0: I love that practical tip there at the end. Is have them actually write out the reasons that they're saying no. And do you ever find that those people that do that, Justin, have you ever found that you can actually come back and close them with the information that they just gave you on why they said no?
1: Absolutely. Now we know their fears. Can we talk to them? We've asked. You know, I talk a lot about bringing investment in because that's typically you know the majority of my year, if it's in a fundraising year, of what I'm doing. So I run the company. I see the ten thousand foot view. I'm in the clouds kind of guy, the visionary, but then I spend most of my time raising funds. So I'm going to come back to that a lot. And I find that when I ask them those questions, I can now hone more information to what they want to know or the fears or risk factors that they believe are involved. And while the rate of close might not go up dramatically, but finding that one person who did say yes, well, it was worthwhile asking and worthwhile spending that one more email to tell them why. And at the end of the day, if they were ever thinking about investing in our company or me as the leader in that company, the tenaciousness of me asking, continuing to ask, I think shows them a lot about who I am and the lengths I go to to make their investment or their time, their energy worth their while.
0: Right. Right. So boiling this all down to one thing, Justin, if somebody's just now tuning in and they're about to tune back out, putting everything else aside, I know we've talked about a couple of things already so far, but if you had to just give one tip on how to network better, on how to build relationships better and connect with people better, what would that one tip be?
1: Very simply is every room that I go into, I have to talk to at least seven people and hand out seven business cards.
0: Hmm. Wow, that's super, super practical. So whenever you're in the business type setting or any regular setting or what qualifies? No, re- watching...
1: regular setting's different. Obviously, I don't take every opportunity to only speak about business, but my job is in any room that I, I'm i in to get to know the people there, find out if that's someone I can spend more time with or learn from or whatever it may be. So I want to make sure that they know who I am and I know who they are to understand what our networks can do together. I'll give you an example of that. Just recently, you know, there's this, I know a lot of people in my daughter's class and their parents, but there was someone who I didn't know. And at a parent-teacher interview night, I took the chance to go up and introduce them. I know our kids play together. They're super cute. And I said, no, you know, I'm Justin. Who are you? What do you do? Love to get to know you. We should get our kids together. They seem to like have fun. It ended up that they're also in the world that I'm in. Oh, Uh, tech community and realized that they had some connections that were super important for our growth and they knew an investor who was looking for something like in our space and they did that great introduction that's only because i went out wanting to know who they were personally which helped me also professionally so just generally being curious which is i think is a big thing and caring are super important for me
0: yeah, that's so important, man. And curiosity's gotta be one of like the top traits of a good networker is just always being genuinely curious and interested in what other people do and in, in other people's lives and really getting to know people that are outside of the circle that you're currently in. Throughout your career, Justin, how important have like paid coaching and consulting and mentorships and masterminds been? So
1: I haven't done a lot of that, to be frank with you. Okay. I do a lot of conferences and I'm at them. It's a good place to meet up with people who I haven't seen in a while or from other places in Canada or the US or come together in that spot. Right. And they're super important because a lot of deals get done in those places. Masterminds, I haven't done just because I haven't found the time for that. I haven't found the right group. Yeah. And mentor is something that I continuously look for the right people to do because I think having a mentor is super important. So I don't, I can't talk a lot to, eat to those things, masterminds and mentoring. I do mentor for others and I really like that. But I certainly always strive to find the right mentor for myself. I think all great leaders will have one or seek to find the right one. Mm -hmm. But I did earlier at the beginning of last year, so 2017, I knew that I wanted to make myself a better leader and to become a better leader, I had to let my guard down. So I did bring on a business coach to help me out, to understand, you know, talk about things I couldn't to my co-founders about them or for them or whatever it may be. Or things that I just have a third party who's not right in the day to day I could bounce ideas off of for them before. And I found that really, really effective. I felt that having that person to talk to, that you could look forward to being there for you, they weren't just a yes person, they challenge you, but at the same time understand where you were coming from and your best help in that way was a really good piece for me. And I learned a lot from that in the way of being more compassionate in my day to day, having empathy in the ways that I may have not had before other management styles and how to continue to talk to people, understanding what an inner circle looks like and the information I can share with them, what the outer circle looks like and the information i be sharing with them as well. I think that's an important piece to know the right amount of sharing for the people you're talking to that will allow you to make that relationship the best at that time.
0: Yeah. And so much good stuff there, bro. I appreciate everything that we're Talking about, I think that there's a lot of things that are being said right now that some people just don't really take the time to understand and don't really ever dive into this topic. So they just don't, they just don't do it. You know, why do you think that that is? Why do you think there's so many people that just don't do this networking thing?
1: Because I think they're afraid of what the other person is going to think or judge about them.
0: Hmm. So back to I- the fear of rejection that we're talking about.
1: Yeah, I think that's it. But I really, like anyone who's in these situations, who's put themselves out there to speak to you and openly, or you've heard them speak, forget apparently come afterwards. We want you to come and talk to us. We want to answer the questions that you have. We wouldn't be there spending our time otherwise. It's how we can give back or how other people give back to us is their time and energy and help. And you have to have the approach that everyone inherently does want to help you. If you're putting yourself in the right situation, if you're fearing it's the opposite you're probably putting yourselves in the wrong situation.
0: Yeah, that's so true. So how do you find the right situations?
1: That's a tough question. Well, I guess it's choosing the right places to be that you can speak to or that you can feel confident that you have uh, some level of understanding when speaking with someone. So just understanding where the right places to learn for you are and the right people who want to be useful back to you again.
0: Yeah, I think the, the real answer is that when you're first starting, you don't really know what the right places are for you. So you're just going to have to go see, (laughs) you know, I I, think
1: that's the truth for a past when you're just starting out, I don't, we make decisions all the time of is this the place that we should be spending our time and energy, Mm -hmm. not knowing what it is. At the end of the day, though, it's that one person or that one conversation that can lead to that snowball effect I talked about earlier. So every scenario should be as long as you're willing to make it that.
0: Yeah. I think it also comes down to a fundamental difference between understanding that the only real asset that we have is time instead of money. Because I think a lot of people will miss out on different events and conferences, masterminds and mentorships and all this stuff that they know they should be doing, but they don't see the direct ROI on it. So they don't spend the money on it because they're like, oh, that's a lot of money. And it's like, yeah, it's not intrinsically a small amount of money, but the really, the only real asset that we have is time. And if you can fast forward and skip rungs on the ladder, so to speak, or shorten your runway on your business because of this relationship that you made at this event that you went to that cost you 500 bucks or a thousand bucks or something, then it's worth every penny that you spent because you just saved yourself a couple of years of trying to figure it out on your own.
1: Yeah. Well, that's absolutely the case is don't cut your nose off to spite your face as they say. And here's the reality. Listen, we know it is expensive. There's no, and I would never downplay that even as a company that, you know, that has funds, that has revenue. We still look at all those expenses. And if you can't do it right now, that doesn't stop you. There's a lobby of all these places where you can go and talk. And I'm not condoning this because I know people who run these events don't love that. But you gotta do what you gotta do. And if it's gonna help you get ahead, and if you can offer value back to the people you're talking to, then go and do it. Stand in the parking lot, stand in the lobby, go to the bar where you see everyone and buy someone a drink. You know, just do that. Or if you don't drink, grab them a water, doesn't matter what it is, help them down the stairs, get the elevator for them. Create those spaces for yourself. Go out there and do it because no one's going to do it for
0: you. Such a great piece of advice. Just go where the opportunity is and then meet people where the opportunity is and opportunity will come your way. And then it's up to you to capitalize on it, which kind of goes back to what we we're talking about at the beginning and how important it is to be competent at your what. That way, when you get connected with the who, you actually have something to offer. Man, there's been so much, so many practical practical tips here today, Justin. Thank you so much for coming to the show. Let's go ahead and move on to the last segment I like to call the random round. Just a few really quick random questions with some quick random answers. You ready? I'm ready. This is the random round. What profession other than your own do you think it would be fun to attempt?
1: I like to sit on the opposite side of what I'm doing now. So I like to invest in others, their success, mentoring them. I help people do what they're passionate about while uh, keeping my passion
0: alive. If you could sit on a park bench with someone past or present and talk to them for an hour, who would it be and why?
1: I would speak to the older me. I don't want to know if I took the right path to the fulfillment in all ways, all ways, and that I have nothing to look back upon to understand if I regret not doing something, to understand that I've been the best me and that I lived my life being useful to all.
0: How do you like to consume content? Books, audiobooks, blogs, podcasts, or videos?
1: Podcasts.
0: What's one of your favorite podcasts besides Build Your Network obviously? I'd have to
1: say one of my favorites is Mixer G. Mixer G, yeah, with Andrew
0: Warner. Cool. Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. I'm pretty
1: OCD in things that I do. So I get up, I get my kids out of bed. I spend time with them. I shower, brush my teeth. I grab my bag. I get in my car and I come to my office. Same thing every morning.
0: What is your go-to pump-up song?
1: It was all a dream.
0: What are you not very good at?
1: A lot of stuff.
0: <laughs> Too much to count, huh? That's right. Perfect. Well, to so we get everything wrapped up here, Justin, what is one place online where we'll be able to find you the most?
1: You'll find me on live chat on needles.com or Facebook.
0: Needles.com. That's N-E-E-D-L-S needles.com or check out Justin Hartsman over on Facebook. Justin, thanks so much for coming on the show today, brother. I had a fantastic time talking with you.
1: No, thank you for having me. This was awesome. I just want to put it out there too. If anyone has any questions or wants to contact me directly, you can email me at jh, that's Justin Hartzman, jh at needles.com. I'm always open to answering questions, helping out and being useful in any way that I can.
0: Well, there you have it. You have an open line of communication straight to Justin. I highly recommend taking advantage of stuff like that. Reach out to him, say what's up, tell him you heard about him on the show, and we will catch you later.